0: All right, everybody, it's Scoots. It's time for a, a new series we're going to be covering. Uh, I don't, I actually have no idea how many episodes they're putting out. I think either six or eight or five or 10. And so just to give people like an idea of what to expect, I actually don't know when this episode's going to be coming out. I'm still trying to balance uh, the Good Place uh, uh, before, like the, the first half of the Good Place season. Uh, but basically, it looks like how the sh- uh, schedule's shaping up for the, um, between, I guess, probably when you're hearing this would be December of 2019 through the kind of the spring of 2019. I'm expecting, but again, things do change. You do try to plan a lot of this out pretty far ahead of time, uh, just so I can have the episodes there in a consistent basis for you. So the way I'm anticipating it happening is that from December uh, to, to, Jan, to December 2019 to December, January 2020, I'll uh, we'll be covering the Mandalorian. Uh, then when the Good Place, the last uh, three, two, three, four episodes of the Good Place run, we'll cover them. And we'll kind of see what that release schedule's like, if we'll do back-to-back, like, uh, you know, we'll see how the Good Place coverage develops. I just don't know, like, uh, actually the team, uh, the, the PR team there is gracious enough to to usually give me a little bit of early access to the, the, those episodes. Uh, which is a gigantic help, so I really appreciate that. Uh, so it just kind of depend on what I get to see in in the production schedule. Uh, then we'll finish out the Mandalorian. Uh, then we'll do some track. Uh, I have uh, I think four episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation done. What I'll do is record two more. Uh, not until probably sp- or like a late winter, early spring of 2020. And then we'll run those six uh, Star Trek episodes, and then we'll do about six episodes of Doctor Who. And I don't know where that'll leave us, uh, so we'll kind of see. But that's kind of what to expect, uh, I guess, through the summer, actually, and maybe the fall of uh, 2020. And then, depending on how schedules are, we'll uh, do Good Place Season 2, interspersed with... uh, uh, who in next generation I'm anticipating, but I can't be positive about any of that. Uh, so I guess that's what's coming up. But tonight, what's coming up is recovering season one, episode one, or chapter one. I don't. Yeah, it just has a, the only title is chapter one of the Mandalorian. Uh, it is on uh, Disney Plus, and uh, I mean it's uh, I mean it's a uh, service that a lot of people are checking out. Again, this will be you don't need to have seen the Mandalorian. You don't have to be a fan, whether you're uh, a Star a Star Trek fan, a Star Wars fan, or a fan of neither or both. Uh, it shouldn't impact you too much. Uh, I'm on uh, what do you call that embargo? As far as uh, this, like you kind of learned from the last season at Game of Thrones, I'm on a media embargo, so I'm not. Consu- I'm trying not to consume any any not, not even media, any commentary about uh, Mandalorian at all. Uh, so, I really don't know what the critical response has been or, or the fan response. I mean, I know that uh, it can't be easy making something, you know, Star Wars. It, it comes with a lot of extra expectations. And I, the last, so I watched the first episode five times, I think, uh, either four or five times. This will be, I'm running through it now. And then I've watched for pleasure the second episode. I watched that last night. So,. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's perfect for the podcast, uh, especially uh, it kind of has a perfect uh, running time. It's a flexible running time. And I think by doing one episode at a time, before I was wondering if we would pack two episodes into one episode of Sleep With Me. But I think just to try to get lined up with the releases. But what I'm going to do is just do a slow spread of these because uh, there's a lot of stuff I can research. Uh, which hasn't been necessarily possible with some of the other series um, recently. And then, um, uh, what else? Oh, one other thing I think with the research is, I don't think I'm going to do any Star Wars research. Uh, Like, I'll just research other subjects. Like, so if I'm wondering about uh, calamari flan, uh, I'm going to leave it to the show to, to, to exposit that for me. I mean that one's pretty obvious. I was, except for is the is the coin or the coins made of ice? I don't think so because they would have melted. And I don't necessarily looking for the answer because because I, I think uh, right now the Star Wars related universe is so vast. But I I like being taken on the journey uh, that the team uh, behind the Mandalorians taking me on. So I don't really know a lot about Mandalorians. I would consider myself a fan of Star Wars, but not a super fan, um, though, I mean, I probably consume more than, a, like, a, an average, I would say, yeah, fan, not a a passerby. So I've seen all the movies multiple times. I've read some of the book, extended universe books, but not a lot of them. Uh, I've read some of the comic books. I've seen some a few episodes of Star Wars Clone Wars and maybe one episode of one other series, though so that may change. I may watch some of those for fun. Uh so with that let's get into the content here. I'm going to hit play uh and start reading. Uh, what does that say? Ouchful HD new star new oh the new Star Wars. I don't know what that says, uh but the, uh, the, oh, maybe that's a Disney Plus thing. The new Star Wars Marvel type opening uh which flashes a helmets it goes to uh, Vader, BB-8, uh, C-3PO, Kylo, R2 and then maybe a rebel and a trooper. And then Mardo, oh, I don't know what that says. And then the Star Wars. And then we have beeping, beeping, beeping. Uh, we see left hand holding something. Uh, snow flurries. Uh, the title comes up. Uh, oh no, that's tile. I didn't. I, I, I thought that's title, but it's just. Uh, I said, huh? What, it's like one of those tile things. Uh, somebody's looking for their phone or something. I mean, I think we see it's a Mandalorian. Uh, they put it. They put it in their belt. We see about six buildings. There's lights on the roof, uh, like a like a kind of a Arctic village. Ice, uh, uh, yeah. Mandalorian. Uh, then we see this green fish-like person or being in two perfumers uh, or perfume suppliers. They're looking to make a wholesale deal with this. uh, uh fish like being the door opens uh, this uh, hit to the wtf uh, they said don't let the cold out uh because they said you don't have uh like a airlock or what i learned just this morning doing the research a vestibule is a proper term it really seems inefficient uh i mean it, it was cool but uh it just said maybe they could use my consulting on this uh uh exoplanet uh so we'll talk about those vestibules later, very cool music right away, and I mean, holy mackerel, uh, music really, and, and the sound effects, uh, it did, It did. when I was first doing my research, I said, maybe we'll do a side-by-side a side, a side side with Boba Fett, uh, but I decided against doing too much Star Trek research, uh, but they are different, uh, it, very different, I'd say. Mando spills uh, one of the um, perfumers' drinks. Uh, the bartender stressed out about the whole thing. Uh, we kind of get the first hint of this, this thing called Beskar Steel, which is going to, it seems like it's going to have a lot of meaning in this. Uh, uh, and that's kind of some of the armor that the Mandalorian wears. Uh, that doesn't say mistletoe cool lemon more, uh, but I think it it's like a cool move. Uh, uh, cool. Learn more. Mistletoe. Cool. Lemon. More. Or uh, I think that there's like all these moves. Uh, yeah, there's like just cool action. Yeah, then I said, "Part fish man." Heartfelt gratitude. Bounty puck. Uh, uh, then three three minutes of fourteen seconds. I'm already past there. Let's get back to that. Uh, uh, there's the title at three twenty four, three fifteen. Three oh nine look uh must be some mistake uh that could get you more credit, oh, oh, I know what it is there's like uh, uh in the windows there's like bottles and uh what are those things called like fishing uh, like uh fishing nets or something uh in the window behind the fish dude that's what it says uh warm or cold, oh that's what he says to the fish person uh. And they put fro, you know, is frozen in carbonite cold or warm? Then the title. Then there's more music as they're walking off. But gray skies, they go to a taxi stand. And this being we've seen before who works at the taxi stand uses a piccolo or a recorder to call taxis, which I liked. Uh, Very efficient. And uh, we learned the Mandalorian does not like working with droids. Uh, there's a lot of uh, speeders. Uh, we hear the term ravenax or something. Uh, oh, the speeders are a bit like hovercrafts. Oh, we heard, heard about gray holes, which I think is like gray water uh, that people just dump, just like cruise ships, which is caused to the Ravinax uh, to kind of come closer or something. And then I think the fish person mentions the celebrity cruise or something. Then... They paid, the Mandalorian pays cash for the cab ride. The cab ride goes out. Then it's like a little bit like the movie Beetlejuice with the Ravnak or whatever, which is a tusk-based creature. I think the fish person says, thank Farik, uh which must be their god or someone they're thanking. Uh, very nice helmet. Uh, they put nothing shocking uh, let's see. They make some. Then they get on the Mandalorian ship, which is not impressive to the fish person. Uh, they make so, small talk. Razor crust. I don't know what that was. Spree Empire. Do you never take off the helmet? Uh, back tube, which is like their uh, bathroom. It says, "Can I use your back tube? I got to empty the thorax." You think this was maybe good to establish in the first episode that there's no cam, like security cameras, at least on the main ship, because uh, or maybe there is. I guess I don't know. Uh, But the fish guy he starts wandering around. There's no toilet seat. He seems to be wearing some kind of flight jacket or flight suit, uh, uh, like 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 an old school one you'd see. So he talks about Life Day and Solstice. Someone on a podcast said that Life Day's in November. Um, I'm not positive about that. We see all other carbon buddies. Uh, the dude says, yeah, I guess I'm not uh, as smooth as I thought I was. And the Mandalorian says, nope. And he says, I got an onboard carbonite machine. Uh, then we head to a new music, new planet. Uh, more new music uh there's cloudy but blue skies uh, it looks uh what does it say it looks cold they go to a bar a throwback star wars bar um very classic star wars very dark uh we meet carl weathers who was the head of the guild he says did you catch them all i said holy pokemon I couldn't tell, and I needed it. Like, I watched this one time with my daughter. I think he turns in the trackers, actually, like the tile tracker, but I'm not positive. Okay, wait, I'm watching this. This is Razor Crest. that's the style of a ship, a pretty Empire ship that the Mandalorian flies. So, it wasn't too off. I put Razor Crest. Uh, okay, did you catch them all? Uh, he says, uh, he, he He says, I don't take Imperial credits. They're not worth, they're worthless. Uh, yeah, we get the idea that times are tough. Uh, so he gets paid 50% in calamari flan, calamari flan cargo gets offloaded. Uh, he says, what jobs do you have? Three bell jumpers, water smuggler. Uh, we I can hear a little bit about the guild here. There's a lot of competition that are, you know, Non tradespeople uh, charging, you know, non guild rates. Uh, we learn the highest bounty is five thousand, which isn't even enough to pay for gas. uh, But he does have a puckless job. uh, This is uh, Carl Weathers. We do deep pockets. We hear the term chain code a few times in uh, chit. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Uh, no chain code. Here's the chit uh, out sh- showers showers. Uh, I don't know what that means, but he starts walking through the village. Uh, it was 1330. There's a, He walks past a dude. I put, nice hat, yo. Uh, so that's worth catching. So moving into this part of the episode and kind of, uh, I really, like, uh, enjoyed, and it was in an unexpected way, that, uh, and I don't know if a lot of people played, like, uh, role-playing games, either on a computer or in person. Uh, but particularly like in in on a on a computer when you're playing by yourself, this is like a important sequence of uh you're in the village and you go meet with the guild, you get some jobs, and then you go you make a couple other stops right so I really liked the sequence. it just really reminded me that the show also has kind of this like fantasy element to it too uh a knock knock on the door. Why choose a pinky box, droid legs? Uh, why choose a pinky? I wonder what that means. We'll uh, see in a minute. There we see a box droid on legs. Uh, uh, clear, uh, was it Imperial? Uh, then we see worn-down, dirty stormtroopers. Uh, and, uh, and they say, what in the Werner? Uh, holy cow. Uh, holy Herzog. Which is great. Uh, I think his name's Grief Cargus. Maybe. I uh, said you were coming. Oh, no, that's Carl Weather's character, Grief Cargus, I think. Here's the bar sequence. A little bit less dark on uh, uh, this one. <laughs> you just said, Did you catch them all? The holy Pokemon. It is the tracker, it looks like. So uh, to me, that means uh, that we must all have. Uh, Like, in this planet, everyone has a chip, I guess, and, um, whatever that other one is, code, uh, what do they say, code block, or whatever, chain code, um, so let's see, best in the parsec, we meet Dr. Pershing, lax decorum, according to Werner, uh, oh, there's Holy Herzog, I did write that, I like the odds, uh, we learned that the Mandalorian was so a really good establishing character in within the star Wars kind of nods. Nah, Cause he says, geez, I like these ads. Uh, doesn't like droids. He, he shows off, oh, uh, I think Werner Herzog, Herzog's character's named, uh, the client, I believe. Uh, but he, he shows some real Baskar steel, he says, go get the asset. Uh, uh, they talk about pragmatism, no POC, uh, tracking FOB, and the last four digits of the chain code, which is your date of birth. Uh, uh, so that's like a convenient if you're, but, but uh, uh, so this, uh, the, the assets chain code is 50 years old. Uh, More Beskar, where that's, uh, coming from. And, uh the, the, the Herzog scripture loves a Mandalorian. He says, it'll be good for the Beskar to be back in the hands of a Mandalorian or something. And they restore the natural order of things. Uh, so that was cool. Let me see here. They're going through the city. Jawas. Maybe that was something. We do see some Jawas. And I, I said something about a pinky though. Okay. He's walking through the village. Here comes the dude with the hat. He's going to, Yep, There he is. The guy with the big hat. Uh, and Mandalorian looks pretty cool. I haven't seen it with, uh, when I was watching it on my TV, it was very dark. Uh, my TV might be too dark. Um, got one of those magic eye doors. He shows like a chit or an ID card. Uh, looked like the, 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 the um, ring doorbell it was part organic and part real. Uh, there's a droid waiting at the door. He follows the droid, I guess. Maybe his pinky was out, I don't know. Maybe I was wondering if he's left-handed. It's a two-legged droid, instead of a rolling one. Uh, Door opens, we see these rough-looking stormtroopers say, clearly the fall of the Empire. Oh, grief, G-R-E-E-F, according to the subtitles. Uh, Okay. Uh, when he leaves the room, there's one last look to the stormtrooper. We see more of the city. We get more role playing game type feel action because uh, I really like the sequence because he goes into the Mandalorian goes into a basement. Uh, we hear some surfer guitar, and he goes into like uh, their hangout. Like uh, we see a couple of Mandalorians on the left, one on the right. The uh, two on the left are playing a game. Uh, some helmets have antennas, uh, some don't. Then we see possibly the Mandalorian goddess, uh, like the face of the goddess. Uh. We go into this like temple, forge temple uh, with a silver uh, metalsmith or something. I guess the Beskar smith. Uh, they nod to one another. He turns in, so there's like a tithing almost, like he turns in the cash and the Beskar steel. Uh, they talk about the great purge. Good that this is back with the tribe. Uh, has your signet been revealed? That's a mysterious thing to me. This is why I don't want to read anymore. Uh, good, she says. Uh, Does she say Podrick is in order? I don't know. That's what I wrote. It, it sounded like it. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Uh, some images. Uh, then, oh, there's like uh, flashbacks. Uh, she talks about uh, that the, this uh, like the leftover steel will go to the foundlings. Oh, this was a flashback uh, where we see him. presumably everyone's in red robes. Uh, then he upgrades his armor, only one piece. So, again, this is like very cool. Like, he gets one shoulder piece of new armor. And clearly, this Beskar steals some. There's something to it. I mean, it, it uh, uh, then there's a zoom uh, on him. Then the next planet comes up is bad, bad lands. Uh, uh, oh, he's walking, carrying his, uh, uh, like his tool. And I said, he must have really strong forearms cause he's carrying this long thing, uh, his left hand, the fob's in his left hand. So I don't know if he's, uh, left-handed or not. Uh, then he's looking through something, 615, like Binax. uh He meets a horse who tries to kiss him. And not far behind the horse comes a new friend who says uh, they have spoken. And this kind of looked like it, it's a famous person's voice, but it almost like like seemed like maybe a... Uh, it uh like the the character was based on like at least it had the haircut of ron perlman or how i expect like the facial hair of ron perlman to be uh but it's not ron perlman's voice so it did throw me off for, for like two or three watches and then i said okay i knew whose voice it was and then i said okay i can roll with this now okay so now he's going into the temple which is a cool part uh I just want to see what the dialogue that I didn't understand was. Since I didn't, everyone this is the first time I'm watching. It was subtitles. Uh, so the forge, forge the the black blacksmith, uh, uh, metal smith, silver smith. Uh, they nod. Uh, they sit across from one another. He gives over the cash. It looks like all of it, uh, and the steel. But it might not be all of it. He's four calamari flan coins or whatever. It gathered in the Great Purge. Uh, good back with your tribe. Yep. A pauldron would be in order. Has your signet been revealed? No, not yet. Uh, soon. Then says' going to go take the metal. They get to work. Uh, making this armor. So we have a little sequence there, it kind of showing that it kind of like that there's a religious, there's faith significance probably to it. Feels a little bit like the House of Black and White in uh, GOT. Uh, we see something getting cast, uh, and then a the zoom. Now I think it's flashback time. Extremely generous excess will sponsor many foundlings. That's uh, good. I was a foundling once. Uh, Yep, no doubt about it. I knew that. Uh, yeah, then we see the foundling. Uh, we say, okay. Which I think helps moving forward into the next episode. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, episode three. We'll see if it, uh, uh how it impacts uh, the plant, whatever the Mandalorian, wherever the choices Mandalorian's going to make. Also, Mandalorian's got a sweet, sweet cape. Uh. I mentioned that somewhere. Okay, let me get back to it. Uh, okay, 615. Oh, the horse buddy. They go back to his place. Uh, they have spoken. Windmill. Uh, there's some exposition and joking. Uh, then there's kind of a training sequence. Uh, like Then we learn that this character also has a lot of Mandalorian love. Uh, uh And something. Mandalorian love and... Miflauser, yo, get to it. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Mandalorian love and uh, my Miflauser, yo, get to it. Yes, you did it. Uh, so I don't know. That's interesting. Let's uh, check it. Uh says, okay, let's train you on the horse. I mean, that's the horse training sequence. Uh, I have spoken. Yeah, uh, this is the joking sequence here. Training, uh, yeah, uh, get, you know, come on. I saw you were a Mandalorian. Okay. Oh, Mythosaur. I think that's maybe what it says, uh, that I couldn't read. Yeah, Mythosaur, Yo, your, your ancestors rode the Mythosaur. Uh, get to it. Yes, you did it. Uh, then there's journey music, uh, is a journey to kind of find the uh, assets. It almost looks like stop motion. So, again, I haven't read anything about this, but uh, it was either, there's some sequences in both these episodes that feel like stop motion, even if it's motion graphics, uh, which is cool. Dude won't take any pay. He goes, there's no peace till everybody's gone. Plus, you know, I've heard all these stories of Mandalorians, always wanted to meet one and hang with one. So he says, peace out, I have spoken. Oh, that's when we see the Mandalorian's cape. It looks really good. He crawls to the edge. edge, uh. I didn't know if he had gaiters on or boots. Uh, I couldn't tell. Now he has a telescope. Before he was using his scope, so I don't know if his scope on his thing is removable. He looks down. There's lots of crew down there. He has 2 tone gloves, by the way. We see a readout 97.4.79. Then there's a bounty droid, which uh, is, again, actually, it seems like a practical effect. I don't even know if it's so good of motion graphics, uh, or maybe I just can't tell. Uh, But it looks like a lot of effort went into the motion of that thing. It's an IG droid. Like, IG-88 was originally the most famous one. Uh, the bounty droid says, subparagraph 16 of the Bondsman Guild protocol waiver, you got to give up your assets. And all the uh, uh, crew says, we'd rather give up our A-double. You know, we're not going to give up our asset. We're going to give up our A-double, b- 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 you know, bounty bonds. Uh, Mandalorian says, who is this fool droid? Uh, very spinny, um, said asset, I like to that. The Mandalorian has a big sigh. IG units stand down. We get an armor test of the new armor. Works great. Uh, he says I'm in the guild. Uh, creaky Dulcet droid. That's what I put. Uh, great voice on that droid. Very creaky Dulcets. Uh, so of, You know, let's work together. Maybe, maybe not. Looks like there's a king size bed in the middle of the um. The what do you call that? The, the square or whatever. Also, red barrels, which uh, usually get used in uh, these uh, things, but they didn't get used in this one. No surprise. Give me the five. Let's split it, and we'll regroup. Uh, if, well, as long as I get the re- reputation points, the droid says. Which again reminded me of that thing. Uh, uh, reputation merits. Uh, alert! 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 That was funny. More action. Uh, more I.G. stop motion feel movement. Uh, love the motions. Uh, then it, it, it says I got to do some self care for a little while. Uh, the Mandalorian tries to wire the door. No dice. Uh, oh, this is worth it if you're on your third or watch of this. Go to 31:30, right around 31:34, w- like they're having like a like a dance off or whatever. Someone, I listen to a choice. Someone yells "Hakuna Matata," uh, right around thirty-one, thirty-four. Definitely listen. They say "Hakuna Matata." I thought that was funny. I think uh, uh, "Pined Ha 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 Hell New Plan." Uh, very Western and video game-like. Oh, it reminded me of a video game. Uh, that the second edition came, or the second, the sequel came out recently. About redemption, um, red redemption, it's called Red Big Farm Redemption, uh, video game sequence, uh, something Kermitel wiring heroics. Let's see, basically, Mandalorian makes some moves, uh. They get in, they take out everybody, you like the sequence from the video game and the dance-off. Uh, then they get the door open, which is cool. There's sound effects. Uh, we see a small cradle uh, with a toy from the Muppet Babies in there. Big, cute, that's what I put uh uh, they must have, oh, this is a question, uh, again, uh, again I'm proposing this. Do they have two, because they have a discussion of the IG Droid and the Mandalorian. And it makes me wonder if they have two different um, clients, uh, which would make it even cooler. And also now the flashbacks kind of make a little bit more sense. Uh, there's like this E.T. finger move moment, because uh, uh, the Mandalorian sends the IG Droid away. Uh, to the big farm, kind of. I mean, it seems like the IG droid would be back, uh, uh, but you never know. Then there's credits music, which I love. Absolutely. The credits music and the credits are amazing. Uh, and there's so there's this amazing music and then the paintings. Uh, there's 11 paintings, I believe, um, at the end of the episode. And, uh, yeah, it's like worth multiple watches. Uh, See Mando Hanger, my handwriting's really bad on that. So let me see, I think it must be the last one. Oh, we saw the Mandalorians hanging out playing games. That was it, in one of the paintings. And that is how the episode comes to a conclusion. I'm just watching it now, the cradle, the rock in the cradle. Uh, it didn't mean something different in this case. you check checking the Muppet Baby toy. Uh, he says, uh, this is when we say they have, uh, I, I want to say, I think they probably have different clients. Uh, Mandalorian says, I'll take this one. Um, and HydroDroid takes a nappy poo. And now we have the ET finger movement It's cooing. It says, uh, yeah, one last wide or medium, uh, image, uh, of, uh, uh, Et finger touch to touch, and yeah, then it's uh, the paintings, which is a really cool. Yeah, let's see. There's uh Oh yeah, there's. You, you may we'll see what uh what these paintings sold. They're very um like uh um whatever they're, like pulp fictiony out kind of the uh, novels and stuff. All right, let's run through some of the uh, research here. First thing is CHIT, C-H-I-T. Don't, you know, uh, no, C-H-I-T is what I said, uh, which according to the Cambridge Dictionary is a noun, C-H-I-T, a note giving information or showing a sum of money that is owed or has been paid. Uh, yeah, it's uh, in the U.S. and the U.K., uh, some... Uh, a chit, you know, after your flight, or a chit for the dry cleaners. Oh, it can also mean young and silly, uh, show how much money you owe, and that's it. So that's chit. Uh, now, puck, this is another thing that came up. Uh, would, I said, oh, what about puck? A uh, couple pucks. Uh, so we'll start with uh, Wikipedia puck from folk Folklore. Uh, also known as a uh, robin goodfellow domestic uh, nature sprite or fairy or not great uh, friend the uh, etymology according to wikipedia is uncertain it was in it was puka in old english or puka, a uh, pu- puki in old norse uh, puke in swedish uh, puke i mean i'm sure it's pronounced differently uh, welsh cornish irish uh, and it could, so it could have, they're not sure. Uh, uh, Oxford English Dictionary favors the Scandinavian, uh, but there's uh, there's also alternative names: Robin, Goodfellow, Hob. Maybe that's where Robin came from. Uh, which is Robin Goodfellow in a couple of different plays. Uh, Shakespeare may have gotten it from other uh, authors, uh, maybe some Spanish authors. Uh, so uh characteristics uh, is it a trickster oh no if you had a knack a puck might do mo- minor housework for you needlework butter churning oh but knavish tricks this, this is a bit like the c- cat in the hat or um a lot of these uh, you gotta leave uh, pucks small gifts gifts uh glass of milk or treats um yeah, but they you know they could be up to no good. They're lonely, uh, so they definitely are looking to f- uh, f- uh, acquire friends. Uh, Shakespeare's characterization, shrewd and knavish, uh, may have revived f- flagging interest in puck. Uh, that's from A *Midsummer's Night Dream* uh, in literature as early as the 16th century, and all the way to uh, uh, I guess there's a. Uh, Oh, yeah, they're even in the new Amazon series, Carnival Row. I haven't seen that yet, but it says it there. So that's one kind of puck. Uh, What about a hockey puck? I don't really know too much about it. I mean, one of my roommates was a hockey player. It's a disc of vulcanized rubber uh, using games just like a ball, ice hockey, Uh, also referred to as a flat ball. It used to use balls, uh, but 1870, they used flat pucks of wood or rubber uh, to keep it from leaving the rink of play. They were made first by slicing a ball, then trimming the disc square. The Victoria Hockey Club of Montreal is credited with making the first-round pucks. Uh, flat ball comes from Old England. Uh, The origin of puck is uh, unsure. Uh, it could be a cognitive poke, uh, used in the game of hurling, uh, a Scottish Gaelic puck or Irish puck, uh, to poke or, or, or hit a hit, hit ball, you know, ball. So there's variations, but the standard is the six ounce, 170 gram, gram hockey puck or four ounce, 110 for training, or sometimes people use heavier, um, ones, uh, then there was, like, in the 90s, they tried to colorize pucks uh, so people would watch more hockey. I don't know if this is when I had my internship. It was, like, the only time I watched a lot of hockey was when I had an internship, uh, and which, like, uh, but uh, that was in the 90s, I guess, uh, both those things. So, and then there was a smart puck uh, that uh, Fox used to, to track it and make it easier. and. uh yeah, major manufacturers of pucks uh, are in Canada, Russia, Czech Republic, and China, China, and Slovakia. So that's a little bit about pucks. How about that? There's also pucks in roller hockey and under, wait a second, underwater hockey. Yeah, this is why we do the research. An underwater hockey puck, uh, uh, it, differ, it differs and it has a lead core uh, to sink into a swimming pool. But there's a game called underwater hockey. Let me, I'm sorry, I gotta make a. Yep, there's pictures of it. Uh, doesn't look like regular hockey though. It's a limited contact sport, mainly in the UK. Octopush, it's also called. Yeah, I would, I, I, I guess I wouldn't mind playing this game. It started in 1954. I mean, talk about, uh, uh, yeah, so that's just you learn something new every day. It, I mean, strange truth is stranger than fiction. People really play underwater hockey. I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Uh, Octopush, Crystal Palace Pool, London. There's a picture of that. Uh, Sixty-six. I don't know if it's still going on. though. 1980. Um. Yeah. I mean. I guess so. I guess 2009. So there's something new. Okay, next is the term guild gets used. Uh, so I thought I'd, uh, like, of course I'm going to use that to, to use a jumping off to talk about something else. But the guild is usually an association of artists or merchants who oversee the practice of their craft or trade in a particular area. Uh, like, uh, they usually operate in a single city, cover a single trade. Kind of like a professional association or trade union. Uh, but it also has uh, aspects of a cartel or secret society, sometimes needed grants or letter letters, patents uh, from a monarch. Um, uh, they could have guild halls, uh, guild meeting places, and uh, guild members were the only ones allowed to sell their goods or practice or skills within a city. A lot of good fiction uh you know, it was written on with the guilds, but one of my favorite pieces that really, uh, led to this podcast only, I mean, not content wise, but inspiration wise, uh, was the web series the guild, which you don't want to ruin it. I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you should just look it up. Uh, it was, uh, uh, created and written by Felicia Day, uh, who plays Codex, uh, Sid. It started in YouTube in 2007, ran until 2013. Uh, follows the nights of good, and uh I guess I don't know if I've seen the, the these more recent seasons. I thought I would like uh I maybe saw season five or maybe I'm getting five and six confused, but uh really, when I saw season one and two uh maybe like maybe when season two or season three were running. I was trying to write a YouTube comedy with two other people. One of the people refused to watch the Guild, uh, uh, but I I just use it as, like, say, this is possible to make something and put it out in the world, write something, and then produce yourself, and then to produce something, which in Felicia Day's case was amazing, uh, uh, like just very funny, great characters. Uh, So do yourself a favor. If you've never watched uh, the Guild, uh, watch it. i guess and you'll fall in love with uh, all the characters and then you'll know a lot of the performers uh so yeah do yourself a favor check out the guild i'm sure it's still on youtube but um what else oh pokemon i don't really know a lot about pokemon believe it or not i think that's what you got to catch them all uh we, it's been around uh, since in like in 1995 uh uh, humans are Pokemon trainers and they c- got to catch uh, the Pokemon, uh, which you got to catch them all. Uh, it began as Pokemon Red and Green, then Red and Blue, which were games for the original Game Boy. Uh, and then it became a media mix franchise. Uh, Highest grossing media franchise of all time <laughs> 90 billion. Holy. Uh, second best-selling video game series behind Mario, 340 million billion mobile downloads. It has a Pokemon uh, Go, which is super popular. I haven't played that, but uh, just because of my addictive personality. Uh, you know, I had the Harry Potter one. I had to uh, delete that. Uh, it had the movie come out uh, that it was supposed to be really good. I was going to go see it, and I didn't. Uh did Pokemon De- Detective Pikachu, so... You yeah, I'm trying to think, it had a Super Bowl ad, a Super Bowl 50, let's see, there's been yeah, animated series, television specials, uh, televisions and film, a theatrical performance, a musical, a trading card game, trading figure game, uh, music, uh, oh wait, there's, a, okay, hold on. Most importantly, I guess there's a theme park, oh, it was a traveling theme park, uh, both are closed one in japan and one in taiwan 2005 2006 uh that would have been cool so i missed out on that Uh, okay but that's 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 a little bit about pokemon okay what else can we get through here let's uh hovercraft i'll just mention uh that's an air cushion vehicle i always dreamed of having or riding on a hovercraft uh uh they can trap their amphibious uh, uh they use blowers to put a large volume of air below the hull an air cushion uh, that's above af- atmospheric pressure and you know i looked at the gi joe one i also just would see people like uh it was kind of like a jet ski like a personal hovercraft i dreamed like when i was like a kid of having my own personal hovercraft uh I don't think they ever really caught on, like, wide scale. Uh, They are still used uh, for travel. Uh, Civilian, non-commercial, they're used. So there's an extensive uh, Wikipedia article about them. So it's pretty cool. If you want to learn more about hovercrafts, cash cab. This is one of the people I get compared that I look like. Ben Bailey, the host of cash cab. I've seen ads for it or or, or clips from it. I've never seen the show. I just don't have a lot of time to watch any television. But uh, it's been going since 2005 to 2012 and then new seasons in 2017 and 2018. Oh, no, it says Ben Bailey. I don't know. But Ben Bailey. Oh, no, it was revived. Yeah, Ben Bailey. It's part of a global cash cab franchise that started in the UK. Yeah, so uh, let's see. There was a spinoff, Cash Cab After Dark. I wonder who they got that idea from. So that's another thing. I, I don't know if I necessarily. I guess people say I look like Ben Bailey. Even not even like when I at my old job, people used to say that. I can kind of see, see it, uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, he's got nicer hair than me for sure. And then someone actually tweeted to both of us recently. Um. Ian said, because uh, I think he was having trouble falling asleep, uh, So and that was unrelated to looks, so I thought that was funny. Okay, so let's talk about vestibules last. If you live in New York or Chicago, those are the two places I've seen vestibules, and when I lived in New York, uh, I always thought it was cool how almost instantly when it got cold or before it got cold, these vestibules, which was like uh, they would be outside of all the restaurants and bars, or a lot of them. And this is a core question. Why do many New York City restaurants have plastic box-like extension and plastic doors at their entrances? And it's because uh, so the cold air doesn't get let in. Uh, But it turns out it's like it went a little deeper. So Eater has an article about it, uh, how restaurants stay warm in the winter, investigating the vestibule that keeps out the cold. And they talk about how you know they like uh, there's like usually a heater in there, uh, so you go in from the cold into a nice warm restaurant, and it's very hospitable. uh, Hospitable. Uh, Let's see, winterizing can change a dining experience. No one wants to sit close to a drafty door. Narrow vestibule erected on the sidewalk. Some cities prefer one style over others. Acrylic and vinyl ones are a fascination in New York. Yeah, you know, I've seen them in Chicago. I don't know if I've seen them anywhere else. Uh, New York's obsession with vestibules is what this article is about. Uh, And it just talks about it and the heating elements. Uh, And actually, I guess there's a New Yorker article from 2005. Ian Parker. Uh, so it's a really interesting vestibule season. They average about 2,400, but they can go up to 25,000 And local laws. I'll think link to another article, but yeah, there's even laws uh, two years ago. Uh, let's see. Uh, it may be uh, restaurants, temporary ones, uh, let's see vestibules, uh, Uh, look, a loss, maybe play a role in in keeping them out. I don't know. I think it's a great idea because, I mean, especially in New York where no one drives, it's like, uh, it's nice to just get really warm. Uh, I don't know, does it matter? It matters, I think so. Because then you don't have to have, uh, you only need one door to the restaurant. Uh, So, yeah, it's a little bit about vestibules and a little bit about episode one of The Mandalorian. Good night.